Hello and welcome to the STC Fit Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Nat Jurek and with me, I'll be joined by Ben Scott and Jason Galea. STC Fit are a group of coaches who provide premium coaching and education services to high achieving women who want to ditch the frustration and achieve the results they want when they want. On the podcast, we'll be discussing all things related to our five-step method to experiencing total clarity in knowing how to achieve your goals, present and future. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit for all your online and personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a share and tag at Nat Jurek STC Fit, at Ben Scott STC and at Jason Galea underscore STC. Hope you enjoy the show. We're on. We're live. What's up? <laughs> um, if anyone senses any like tension, it's because Ben won't let me sit in that chair. <laughs> it's my chair now. It's mine. It's my chair. So I know you're chair. like the host. He's still my chair. It's because I can see the dog out the window and it's a problem. So if Nat disappears for 15 minutes and you feel like I'm holding up the episode. It's because he is. <laughs> That's all. Shadow is doing and something. And you've had more coffee than what Way I more exciting than me talking outside. Yes, that would be right. I feel like that's what we should do for the YouTube episodes. What, just have the dog Just put Shadow in them. <laughs> or Mav. Shadow, Mav, Indy, Benji will just like ah, rotate. I feel like Mav's too much chaos. Sorry, Jason, well, but. Look at Shadow. Look at Shadow now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really distracted. So Ben and I are back um, and it's probably appropriate that we're doing this after comp. We haven't unpacked comp on here. Oh yeah, we, had we should talk about that. A couple, week and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm already tired again. Because we're already in prep again. <laughs> I feel like that happened this morning. It was just like the mood just ticked. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, we're we're doing this again. <laughs> Jason, Michael, Tam, you guys are all Help. up. <laughs> um, so do you want to give everyone like a rundown on how the day went for you and, and I guess like your result and how you sort of thought that played out? Yeah. So uh, prep was like up and down with a bit of a shoulder thing. So I had no idea what to really expect on the day. Um, the guys at Strength HQ, they did a really good job given the circumstances. So they had to run basically two meets in the same day. Mm. So we had most of the girls in the morning and then um, mostly guys in the afternoon. And you had a 20-hour day. <laughs> so yeah, I think by the time we get there at 8, yeah. I walked out of there at 6.30. Um, I think I started lifting at 2. So we'd already been there six hours mm. so that was okay. interesting um the day itself went really well squatted 200 which was pretty much the goal um pb by bench by 10 kilos 145 and then just a five kilo pb on my deadlift because i missed my third which would have been 175 which i think would be there for nationals with less of a crazy day um at, mm. so yeah i think nationals looks good put wraps on for the first time last night mm, my that god. was it <laughs> my god my friends um so i'm really excited about squats now i'm just yeah. hoping my shoulder holds up but yeah all in all the day was great like we had three people debut we had three people put in like real or four people put in like real national qualifying sort of totals even though there's no qualifier mm. um that are all gonna move on so, yeah, I think the, the day was good. It was obviously strange to compete without a crowd. 
Yeah, it was real weird. Um, coming from GPC as well, like there's usually like a round hundred lifters, <laughs> yeah. never crowd. So um, that was a, a interesting experience, but it was still really fun. I think the the smaller group, obviously, you went there for the afternoon. Mm. There was probably a bit more energy in the afternoon and in the morning. Um, much louder, obviously. It's a bigger group, yeah. Yes, we had five extra lifters, um, but just we had a bunch of rowdy blokes as well. Yeah. Versus like girls that were sort of a bit newer. Just like sitting there, like whispering. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I looked. I turned to Jace at one stage. I was like, why the fuck are we whispering? Literally, yeah. This is so strange. So weird. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good to see everyone's work. Like, we obviously had. I can't remember how many weeks out it was. Maybe six. We had the three week lockdown. Yeah, it was. So most people had access to equipment, but it still wasn't ideal. Mm. Um, because of COVID, we didn't really know what was going on with the comp itself until the Tuesday before. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of unknown and stuff for the guys going in. So the way we showed up, I think everyone hit at least one or two PB lifts. Yeah. Um, which resulted in PB totals as well across the board. Mm. So to see that, um, was really cool. And then like, for me, it's always the culture element too. Like how do we show up? Um, how do we interact with the officials, with the other lifters? Mm. Um, and as always, everyone was awesome supporting everyone else. Um, not like taking over anything, which is, mm. can happen when there's so many of us. Group, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was really, really pleased with how the day rolled out from an overall standpoint mm. and it was fun to lift with you guys so yeah if only we were in the actual same room at the same yeah time. it was a shame that everyone yeah. went home when i actually lifted but um i know i was sitting at lunch and i was like i want to watch ben yeah <laughs> it's like, fuck it. yeah look I, I can't complain too much like yeah. i had i was able to get amy in obviously dad was competing mm. jace was there so it was like most of th- yeah most of my saying. inner circle were there that would have come to watch anyway yeah um probably except you and the other lifters so yeah and yeah. we got to do it at nationals anyway yeah. yeah, yeah, which is cool. What about yourself? How did you find the experience? Yeah, I think for me on paper, it like it looks good. Mm. <laughs> like I PB'd a couple of lifts, um, but it's probably because it's my third comp now. I guess like the like initial just like gains that you get from just being a newbie sort of like started to wear off. So it was actually a really cool experience for me to see where there's room to improve and like mature as a lifter. So like on paper, two PBs and PB totals. So like I was happy with that as a result, but I think for me, it was more so like the psychological aspect. Like I sort of burnt out towards the end of the day yeah. um, and it wasn't even a long day for me. So that was weird. Like <laughs> normally they're longer yeah. um, for us. So it was just um, interesting to see like what could change in prep. And like, obviously I was training with you, Um, in the garage and now I've moved to like training in a gym just to be able to like focus more Um, and just yeah I think it's good to be able to see like just the small intricate details that will make an influence that like don't really influence you at the start because you're new and everything just works yeah yeah so I think that'd be cool to watch like play out and progress over the next 10 weeks as well how do you feel about the deadlift gap like you obviously you said you sort of faded later in the day um, do you feel like going internationals, like confident knowing that you've got that huge deadlift in the bank, you just, it wasn't there mm. on the day, like, 
or are you just like, oh fuck, what if it never comes on the day? And no, I know that it sort of happened with my bench as well, so I can kind of see a bit of a pattern where it's like something didn't feel right, and I almost tapped out in my head first mm-hmm. before the actual thing happened. Like I yep. said to you, my first, my last warm up for my deadlifts, so I was like, that felt really heavy, and it's like from that point on. It wasn't so much like a physical thing. It was like a mental thing, yeah. Um, which then translates to I didn't have that practice in prep of being able to like zone in because I was always with you and I get distracted and talk to everyone and yeah. it's just like talk, Play. talk, talk, go do your lift. Play within the... Literally, yeah. So I didn't really have the opportunity to like practice when something didn't go right. Like how do I mentally yeah. like navigate that and like what does that look like? Um, so I know it'll be like, it'll be there. I've done it before and there's probably a few other things that I can like dot my eyes and cross my t's off in terms of preparation so like i know it'll be there yeah yeah which is exciting it's it's really interesting like you made the point of like it's your third meet we're out of that sort of newbie gain mm. stage they have been pretty condensed like when was your first time yeah competing? Was yeah like, yeah what, a year for first one was the start of 2020 yeah yeah, yeah so a year 18 months, months. Yeah, yeah it's like a comp every six months yeah so i've done three sanctioned meets over a lot of time four years yeah <laughs> um but it was just the way that the comps were structured but i think it's interesting the prep that we had outside the gym was so different probably to what you've had in the past mm. taking on a new role with scc fit hours going up lockdown mm. trying to like find sessions like you had to stay home because someone in your house was in yeah. isolation <laughs> like it's it's interesting being if it was 18 months ago like you said you would have still made heaps of progress in that yeah but when you start and we're going to talk about obviously today's topic is mindset but like just how you can navigate those things yeah i think that's a really like interesting thing to unpack and obviously it's a really good segue into what we're talking about because for me personally probably the prep that we had before this one was a thousand times harder, but I was able to like perform way better and I was way happier with my results. So mm-hmm. even looking at external circumstances, it's like, yeah, you can of course like sort of draw some conclusions and it's like this contributed and that contributed. And, you know, I was out of time here and I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. But I guess like part of what we're going to talk about today is your ability to like not do that and like yeah. take ownership for what you actually can control. Cause it's really easy to sit back, especially in like the lead up that we've had um, where there was a lot of things like changing and going wrong. And, you know, we restructured STC fit and work hours and everything sort of changed, but it's like, okay, given the circumstances, like what could you still have done? Which I think is a really uh, valuable way to approach things, not just for competing, but anyone in the gym working towards like a result. Yeah. And I think that'll be the interesting part of today is like we, and we talked about in the lead up as well, like, powerlifting is a sport Mm. it's not going to the gym anymore yeah so like there's this sliding scale of like acceptable behavior yeah and i i actually think for myself looking back it was like i let myself go into someone who just lifts weights yeah mode yeah because i didn't compete for 18 months and it didn't usually like it's like okay 12 weeks out turn the dial up Mm. that didn't happen it was like i just kept training yeah so i wasn't doing the extra work outside of the gym that I needed to. I wasn't doing the the mental sort of stuff and the the health stuff that I needed to outside of the gym mm. because I was like, 
I've got away with not doing it for a year because I'm just training in like mid range reps and nothing's like crazy. Like, whereas coming into comp prep, it's like things need to be, I's need to be dotted, T's mm. need to be crossed. Cause if you don't, what I learned, shit breaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or even with an interruption, like lockdown halfway through, like for me personally, it was like, okay, it's prep mode. We're on. And then something comes along that sort of like, you just indecisive, like you don't yeah. know whether or not this is going to happen. So then without even being consciously aware of it, you're just kind of like, well, the foot kind of goes on the brake a little bit because mm. you're like, is this happening? Is this not? Whereas I know like personally in previous preps, like it's just been a, I don't really care what's happening outside. Like I still do everything that I need to. So even just being unconsciously aware of like taking the foot off the gas and, and being a little bit like, um, what's the word like kind of like you i've lost the word now unintentional with like what you're doing rather than just going into everything with purpose um can be really easy to do when you've you sort of got those interruptions yeah you sort of just like you look in the tick boxes and go through the motions not maximize things yeah 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 and like psychologically like that's going to influence the way you're approaching things and obviously like dictate your result yeah. So like leading into today's episode, which is obviously mindset and not specifically like athletes, if you're just someone who's in the gym training, mm-hmm. wants a strength, physique, fat loss, body comp, like performance result, whatever it is, um, this would be really valuable for you as well. You don't necessarily have to be in that athlete like frame of mind. In terms of like common obstacles, where like where do you start? Like what are the biggest problems that we see? Yeah, so we talk about, a lot and you guys have probably heard it before but the concept of the growth and ownership mindset yeah so what in a sentence what that means is you're trying to overcome the i can't and yeah but Mm -hmm. so if you can take i can't and yeah but out of your dialogue and not even not necessarily not allow yourself ever to think it but allow yourself to recognize when you do Mm -hmm. and shift it then you're in a way better position regardless of the goal outcome. Yeah. So like we'll talk about goals and stuff as well, but the part of goal setting, obviously we talk about like connecting it to values and that kind of stuff. The level at which you need to play at is dependent on the outcomes that you want. Yeah. So when it comes to, I can't, it's like, okay, switch back into what we call growth mindset. Cause that's fixed. It's like, I'm in this position and I can't move from here to a growth mindset where it's like nothing in my life is fixed and I have a choice to influence all of it. Mm. So it's how do I move into that choice? And then from like Nat said, whether you're a gym goer, what it's required of you to get the outcome that you want, Mm. or if you're a national level powerlifter, what's required of you to get the best result. And understanding what that means, I think, is really, really important. Yeah, like, I think it's important to highlight that we're not looking at this as in, like, just get shit done and, like, that hustle, grind culture and, like, do what you said and blah, blah, blah. It's, like, in relation to what's important to you and, like, what you're working towards and that won't look the same for everyone. But in terms of, like, recognising that language, like, I think Mm -hmm. if you don't do it already – that's the first step because you're just on autopilot and like that's a lot of people's initial response to anything and 
it's almost like a little bit of a, a, a game or like a trick because it'll sound rational and like a logical response in your head. Yeah. Like the, I can't afford it or I don't have time for that. Or like, these are all things that actually might be true in theory, but I guess it's like your ability to recognize what power you have over that. And like, your responsibility in being able to change that, which just gets missed. Yeah, it's that, it's the fucking Instagram meme cliche. It's like replace I don't have time or whatever other excuse with that's not a priority to me. Mm. It's like if you, if if I do a check-in with a client, for example, so someone I had during the week um, had their birthday last weekend and they were like, oh, fucking overate way too much on on my birthday. And I was like, how do you feel about Mm. that? It's like, did you, do you value this week's check-in mm. more than that day? Yeah. And I was like, no. And I was like, will you in four weeks? Mm. No. Cool. So you enjoyed your birthday. Let's move on. Yeah. Whereas say in our situation, if we went and got fucked up next weekend, mm. it's like, how did that affect your training this week? How did that affect the training the yeah. next week and the next week? So in four weeks time, when you look back, will that night be worth it? It's like, no. Nah. I had the exact same conversation with a client this morning. She was like having a really stressful day at work and like I just almost I haven't calorie banked this week and like I almost want to just fuck it this weekend. And I was like, Will you care about it in four weeks? Like yeah. she's doing the lift off as well. Yeah. Um and I was like, like, will you be happy with that decision? Will you not be happy with that decision? Like we're not here to tell you yes or no, but yeah. like just being able to identify that within yourself. And we'll talk about values, but I guess that's like what it all comes down to. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's what growth mindset is. Yeah. It's like, I have a, I have the ultimate choice here to make something different. Nothing is fixed. And if you get yourself into that point, then you can make a decision based on how you really feel. Mm. And you won't have this back and forward struggle of like, it's like, oh, I know I need to do my steps and I feel anxious about it, but I'm not doing it. And you spend all day anxious about doing the steps. It would have been yeah. fucking easy to just do it. Yeah. It's like that whole cycle, getting rid of that is being able to go, this is the current situation. I have the ability to change it. Mm. Is it important enough for me to change? Yes or no. Mm. And then after that, it's like you can make the choice that works for you. Yeah, a lot a concept that's like come up with a lot of people recently that I've noticed is this like feeling of being stuck, mm. which I think it comes exactly down to this, where when you realize that you have full control over your decisions and your choices and your circumstances, that you won't feel stuck because yeah. you know that you have like none of that is fixed. Like you're not just like pigeonholed into whatever scenario you're in. Like lockdown's a perfect example of that. Yeah. It's like you could sit there and say that you can't train, you can't get a result, you can't follow your nutrition, your routine's out the window, your lifestyle has changed, or recognize that you have the chance to change that within your environment and your circumstances and you're no longer stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the lockdown one is huge in both of these. So like, yeah. like growth is the I can't. So if we can get rid of I can't, then we're good. Next step is moving on to the ownership mindset, which is, yeah, but. Mm. Which is usually followed by some external influence that we are able to pass blame on usually for creating the circumstance that we've found ourselves in. Yeah. So this, both of these are obviously ego things. They come in to protect us or perceptually protect us from something. Mm. So when you don't want to be in a growth mindset, it's usually to protect yourself from feeling 
maybe if you try mm. and you're like, well, I, I can't do that is much easier than trying it and fucking it up. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So then we go into the ownership thing. And it's like, well, I don't want to look like a fuck up. So I'm going to blame lockdown. Mm. I'm going to blame work hours. I'm going to blame whatever. Yeah. Which everyone does. And that's, I think an important thing to recognize applying this stuff isn't all of a gonna all of a sudden gonna mean you never think those thoughts yeah it'll still happen <laughs> if only <laughs> how many times am i like oh fuck ben i did it again <laughs> the difference is you recognize them yeah and then like it's it's when you first do it it's fucking terrifying mm. but it's also probably one of the most empowering things that you can do yeah yeah, I was, yeah. I was talking to one of the girls who are in, in um, Be Bulletproof and they're doing this, the growth and ownership um, for module one. And I asked her how she was going last night and she was just like, I've got some work to do. <laughs> I was like, yes. So like, that's exactly the way, like, it's not like I'm a shit person and I can't do this and I've got all these problems and I need to change the way I do everything. It's just like, fuck, like, yeah, I could change the way I'm approaching things and it could be a lot better. Yeah. And that in itself is a, approaching things with a growth and an ownership mindset yeah yeah one i think one of the examples with the growth one is like um i can't deadlift in the in like the main room in the gym it's like okay so yes you had that thought now what are you doing like you've put yourself in a fixed position where you can't do something Mm. so you've limited your growth you limited your ability to gain that level of confidence and that only is going to come from exposure and doing then you go okay i recognize that what am i trying to protect myself from I don't want to look like a fucking idiot mm. or I don't want like some douchebag to come and tell me how to set up my deadlift or whatever. So cool. I've acknowledged that. How else could I think about this? If someone's watching me train that they've got more problems than me. Yeah. Like most people are in there looking. At, yeah. <laughs> most people are in there. If I'm in a gym, that's got mirrors. Cause I don't in my garage. I'm too busy looking at myself. Yeah. Else. <laughs> so it's like, that's their own problem. I'm going to go do my thing to, better myself so i am confident mm. the one that comes up all the time is like filming your lifts yeah it's the yeah, same yeah. concept so giving yourself the power to do that and then yeah like onto the the ownership stuff the ownership one i find everyone has one that they're good at one that they're not good yeah. at usually yeah and it's about balancing them the ownership one particularly when i was younger is probably the one i found more challenging mm. was like oh, i we can just pass the buck over there. I was always yeah. willing to try shit, but if it didn't work, it was something else. Yeah. There was a reason for yeah. it. Yeah. Rather than just like, I fucked that up. Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, for example, in that night, I just had the conversation about the hectic prep we had. And it would be easy to get on social media and list all the reasons why we'd had imperfect preps. And that's why we did or didn't do what we did on the platform. But at the end of the day, we still had choice. Mm. It's like, I still watch Netflix the whole time through. Yeah. Like I still sat down for an hour, two hours a night with Amy to watch TV. Mm. So it's like, I could have got my steps. Yeah. I could have watched the TV while I was doing my rehab, mm. but I didn't. So that's not, it's got nothing to do with the work situation. Yeah. That was a choice that I made that wasn't in alignment with what I was trying to yeah. achieve. Yeah. I think like even for me personally, and probably for a lot of people, like the initial reaction is always going to be like blame or deflect because we want to protect ourselves. Like we don't want to feel like a shit person or we don't want to feel like we've done something wrong. We want to be like fundamentally right all of the time. So you're going to do something to, to push or deflect that 
ownership off on you. But I think if you can come back to that or at least recognize that and then a day later or when you've got some time, sit with that and and unpack that and and see where you could take ownership for that. Because I know like me personally, that'll always be like the initial response and I'll almost need a day to digest what's happened. Mm. It happened with you guys. Like you guys asked like, oh, you know, what could have been different? And I was like, oh, this happened, that happened, that happened. And then I sat down on Monday morning and I was like, well, I did this, I did that, I did. And then I was like, okay, so whose fucking fault was it? It was mine. <laughs> like, it wasn't anything else. It yeah. wasn't the circumstances. Um, so I think being able to recognize when you do that and then come back and revisit that is going to make the biggest difference in terms of how you approach things the next time around. Because like you said, it'll always happen. It's like up to you whether or not you choose to look at that. Yeah. It just gives you so much fucking power. Oh, a hundred percent. Like if you can, if you can do that and identify that and go, I actually have the ultimate control in that outcome. <laughs> Once you get past like the fucking pain, the ego, de- yeah. <laughs> the ego death, the ego death, as you call them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> definitely, once you get past that, yeah, then it's like, well, if I can choose to be better, and I can choose my own outcomes with my choices like we call the program be bulletproof and the method be bulletproof for a reason. Mm. It's like you are bulletproof at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you almost feel like shit when you're not doing that. Yeah. And like, if you can't recognize that you're like, why do I feel like, why do I feel off? Why do I, this will always happen with Amy. I'm like, what's wrong? And then we just find a instance where like, I'm not taking responsibility. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) like that's it. Yeah. (laughs) So it almost feels weird once you're in that pattern of being able to do that for yourself where Blaming and deflecting and choosing to not take responsibility feels wrong. Yeah. It feels weird. And like you don't want to sit like that in that place and be that person, which is a cool transition to be able to make. Yeah. It's interesting. Like obviously we preface this all inside training, but I think a really good one of the, that it covers both of these in relationships is like, what's the outcome of this conversation mm-hmm. that you're looking for? Or what's the outcome in this situation that you're looking for. Do you want to be right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Do you want to be right or do you want a solution? Yeah. And it's like, you want to be right because that protects you and you can deflect mm. it onto somebody else. Like, no, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Versus I've played a role in this as well. Mm. I can improve here. And if the other person comes to the table with the same attitudes, like all of a sudden we have the problem solved. And usually if one person does the other person will bring oh, their walls yeah. down as well. Yeah. And that, that plays out in like, when I say relationships, I don't just mean like significant others. Mm. Like everywhere in your life, if you can be that person, you're always going to have better interactions with everybody. Yeah. What I find interesting with this, all this mindset stuff and even like the values and the goals is that we apply it to like relationships and we apply mm. it to like a career or your financial goals or like every other compartment of our lives. But, people fail to look at it when it comes to like training, nutrition, yeah. performance-based goals. And it just doesn't make sense because it's like it works everywhere else. So why don't we adopt the same approach and like use it with these systems as well? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the just step-by-step method? Because we have one for like growth and ownership. The stop, ask. Can you just list what they are? Yeah. So, so if the growth you've got um... – So identify the fixed mindset. So identify what you're saying that is fixed. So the I can't element. Then ask yourself why you're doing that. What are you protecting yourself from? 
really and that this is where it becomes like how deep do you want to go yeah and some people will just want enough to get past the issue that's at hand mm. some people will want to go down a wormhole and unpack fucking childhood trauma stuff to identify what's going on at amy Bethe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and like where personal trainers and amy takes care of that shit too mm. like our goal is to get an outcome so if you can do enough to get a result that's great mm. if it's repeating you probably want to look at it a little bit deeper yeah it was would be how i would respond yeah. to it so for example like not wanting to deadlift i can't deadlift in the main room why well i'll be embarrassed if i look stupid i'll look incompetent blah blah blah. you might stop there mm. or you might go why does looking incompetent a problem yeah what's triggering me what's setting me setting me off there because mm. it might come up in other areas as well whether it's training or elsewhere in yeah. life that's the choice for you how many layers how many times you ask that question how ready are you <laughs> yeah because like you can keep asking that same question yeah. all the way down yeah then um so that's ask and then flip to growth what how else can you frame that situation with what language that will allow you to get the outcome that you want because if you're i'm thinking of good life point cool if you're trying to deadlift in the women's gym there you can't <laughs> you're doing it off blocks with like 40 kilos or yeah. some shit it's like you're limiting your ability to get your outcome mm. because of your mindset so how do i flip it to go and get my outcome yeah. Which is the context of everything that we do is being able to get tangible results from shit. Mm. So it's all well and good to like hold hands and talk about mindset, but it's like, where's the tangible outcome? Yeah. And that's where it comes from. Now you can go into the big girl gym, mm. put the 25s on and pull from the floor and actually make real progress with whatever goal you're trying to achieve. Yeah. The ownership one is very similar. So it's identify it. Where is your deflective mindset? Um, ask yourself what you're protecting yourself from. Again, how many layers do you want to peel that onion back for that one? Yeah. And then finally, how do you flip that to take ownership and give yourself the power back to go make a better choice? Mm. Yeah. And like, you can honestly, like, just take a 24 hour day. Like, there'll be so many examples where you'll be able to like pull stuff out and like you'll drive yourself crazy <laughs> that you're doing it all the time yeah so it's probably just like a, a good place to start with the places that you're having a lot of resistance with so if you're struggling to be compliant with your nutrition or something's really holding you back from getting a result then start there because otherwise like honestly fuck, you send yourself into a spiral <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so lots of ego deaths as you call oh, it the when we did bcp last last round the girls were just like fuck like i di i didn't see this it's almost yeah. like once you see it you can't unsee it as well so yeah 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 and now you've heard the podcast so you're done so. yeah yeah so you have, to, <laughs> you have to go down this rabbit hole sorry not sorry <laughs> so i think once you've got that in place you've got the ability at least to reflect and identify what's going on <clears throat> like we said we haven't conquered it yet. If we do clock it, we'll let you know. Mm. We still have these thoughts, but I know at least personally, I'm way better at dealing with them than I was five years ago. Yeah. And you're just in a better position to like combat like any, exp any external experience that could potentially get in your way. Like yeah. 
the little things that were maybe a, a problem once upon a time in six months time, they won't be a problem. Mm. And then maybe bigger things will start to show up and then you'll be able to move through those. So it's just like an ever evolving process. Yeah. So once you've got that, we spoke a little bit earlier about like, sometimes in those situations, it's going to come down to what the outcome is and what you're willing to do for the outcome. Now, where people trip up with this is they have shit, shallow ass goals that Mm. mean nothing to them that rely on motivation and they wonder why they're not getting results. Yeah. And like the, your, what is it? Your last first time. Yeah. It's like, just actually, yeah. this is the time that I'm actually going to get it right. It's going to come from having a real reason to show up. Mm. You're not going to go through these growth and ownership mindset reviews constantly and uh, allow yourself to level up. If you don't actually have a decent reason to do it. Yeah. There's not some kind of passion behind it. And that's when we start talking about, well, what are your core values? Mm. So we typically, with the core value stuff, what you're looking at there, it's like people will start talking about like, um, I don't know, like I, I value family and all that sort of stuff. It's not really that. Mm. What we're looking for is like, what are five things in your life that you need to express to feel your best. Mm. So uh, off the top of my head, I should be able to recite mine because that's part of the program. <laughs> um, I think I have contribution, growth and learning, uh, work ethic, integrity and love. Yeah. So four of them all connect to my training. Yeah. Because I don't train with Amy because she coaches with you for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so four of them are all directly correlated to both my career yeah. and training. Mm. So if you look, so there's a list of like 25 or something. You can just Google like core values and they'll come up. If you can look at, okay, what are the main five? What we also encourage people to do is look at another five that are important to you that you're not expressing. Mm. So that might be, say, if you are really, you're new to this growth and ownership stuff and you're not very good at it, maybe integrity is important to you, but you're not, if you're honest with yourself, you're not hitting it. Yeah. You said you were going to train four days this week and you Mm. didn't. You said you were going to hit your macros and you didn't. You said, you said, you said. It's like, that is not holding integrity with yourself. Yeah. So that might be one that's in that next five, like, I need to work on that. To make myself feel better at the end of the day and have that level of fulfillment. Mm. So why this is all so important. If I don't want to train, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Particularly because like, like obviously work ethic is one that makes it maybe, I don't know if it's easier, but it's like, because I value work ethic, there's a little bit of an enjoyment of the grind a little bit. Yeah. As much as I hate that word, but like, yeah. It's like, I don't want to train, but I'm going to grit my teeth and get it done anyway because I like it. Yeah. I like that feeling of doing something hard because... It doesn't even need to be work ethic though. Like it can be being driven or like discipline or whatever. Like you're going to be able to find something within you that allows you to express that through a value that you can then behave in that way. Like the way I sort of look at values is it's just like a framework for how you need to behave. And something that comes up so much with, clients and even like people that we talk to on social media is like guilt or whatever when Mm. something goes wrong or when they do something they know they shouldn't be doing 
And it's like, at the end of the day, if you've behaved out of alignment with those values, it will feel shit. Like you will feel guilty. You will feel bad. And it's not like a, I'm a shit person. Like I fucked up my macros or I didn't train this week and I'm never going to like poor me. I'm a victim. It's just like, fuck, I didn't, I didn't behave how I want to behave. So what do I need to do next time? And if you just view it from like a framework that guides your actions and your daily like habits, then it just streamlines what needs to happen. And you can reassess when things don't go to plan without all of this like emotional bullshit where you sort of like tear your your hair out and make yourself feel like a, a crappy person because of it. Yeah. And it's, it's so important to identify your values before you set your goals mm. for that reason. Yeah. Because why you set your goals is should be based off those core values. Yeah. So for example, say you want to like do a novice powerlifting meet hashtag STC. <laughs> say you want to do that, right? If growth and learning is a value that you've identified, you all of a sudden that tells me you're a curious person. Mm. So I put a post up a while ago, like instead of focusing on outcomes, set outcome-based goals, but be curious of what you can achieve. Mm. So I'm going to do a 16-week prep to see how strong I can get in four months because mm. I'm just curious to see what I can do. Yeah. One of my girls at the moment is doing exactly that with our photo shoot. Mm. So like, I've never really dieted before. Just I'm just curious happened. to see what it's like. Yeah. And her adherence... Mm. is insane because there's no like expectation yeah because it's not like i want to look hot so i can post my ass somewhere yeah it's i'm curious about what i can do so i can do this Mm. so it's it's identifying what in that list matters so like what are your five do you yeah mine work ethic contribution um fun integrity and drive yeah i think yeah so fun is in my other five yeah i know i had 10 and i was like fuck i could condense this yeah Yeah. that is my need to express more and it's funny how similar oh yeah i I was laughing when you read yours and i'm like fuck yeah it's too much time together so let's say for example right your your main connection to training is an expression of fun yeah if you don't like lifting heavy. Yeah, you're not going to do it. Why would you then say, I want to deadlift 200 kilos or whatever? Mm. Like, I'm going to get a three times body weight deadlift. Like, yeah. That's cool. How are you expressing fun within that? Mm. And what does fun mean to you? Yeah, I think even, even that though, like, there's also a bit of a hierarchy as well, because mm. it's like, that might not express fun but it might express drive and it's like well where does drive sit in that hierarchy and would i rather persist through something that maybe i don't find that enjoyable but i really get something out of pushing through that comfort zone and yeah and what's more important so and what's what's your what value are you choosing to express through your training yeah values yeah so if you if you were to say like no no no, i need training to be fun because i don't have enough fun in my life yeah then maybe like a super rigid structured plan isn't the like if i had someone come to me like that it's like what do you like doing Mm. yeah we'll still we'll still set tangible outcomes but let's have fun getting there yeah i fucking hate back squatting 
Mm. Cool, use a safety bar. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like we can create an environment this this is enjoyable and still get a tangible yeah. outcome where you look and feel look better naked, you're stronger, feel better, all that, and tick mm. other boxes. I actually had a, girl, a a woman message me during the week who was like, hey, I'm just like, my gym's closed. I'm moving. We've chatted about coaching and stuff in the past. She was like, where do you do coaching out of? I'm, I was at a CrossFit gym. I'm going to look at another CrossFit gym. And I'm like, all right, just so we're clear, like my stuff is yeah. structured, six to eight week blocks on a program, very tangible, like measured every week outcome-based training. That's what I'm good at and that's what I do. Mm. If you want to go do wads, I'm not, not in. Yeah. Like, I know you're going to look at another gym. Just work with one of the coaches. There. Yeah. Because I'm not doing face-to-face to, like, run around for an hour and yeah. kind of huff and puff. That's not my thing. Yeah. So I think it's important if that person, for example, was to come to me and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really want to deadlift. Like, my the strongest I can possibly be mm. in the squat bench and dead. It's like, okay, here's what's required. Yeah. Six weeks in, she's going to be like, fuck this. Yeah. I hate this. I yeah. want to be able to like have fun with friends and shit when I train. It's like, this isn't it. Yeah. Your interpretation of those words. And that's why when we get um, our guys to do this, like in Be Bulletproof, it's like, what is your interpretation mm. of all of these values? Because like for me, for example, like doing a powerlifting meet and like, running myself into the ground and like peaking and feeling like shit. Like that's my fucked up version of fun. Yeah. That's not going to be someone else's version of fun. Who's might be hanging out with their friends yeah. and, and you know, going out on the weekend. Like I'm willing to put that aside because my interpretation of that is different yeah. to the next person. So again, like being able to just clarify with yourself what that actually looks like for you without being, distorted by everyone else's interpretation as well is really important i'm just laughing <laughs> obviously i put wraps on for the first time in like 18 months last night and if you haven't had wraps before they fucking hurt hey, i'll like, never there's I'll no be doing that <laughs> anyone who tells you that it's like the tattoo thing it's like no tattoos don't hurt it's like they do they fucking hurt and wraps hurt so i like yeah was wrapping myself last night squatted it was like 5 30 at night the feels like temperature was five we're yeah. in the garage like gritty hip hop on. And I was like, I looked down like, this is fucking awesome. This is the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's like anyone else looks at that and is like, like what the fuck yeah. are you doing? So yeah, definitely it's, what did those things mean to you is super important. So I guess bring it all back, find the top five values that you find important to you that you're expressing right now, but you'd like to push further. Find the top mm. five values that, are important to you that maybe you're not either in alignment with or having a, a way of expressing them, mm. then identify which ones you want and can express through training. Yeah. Not even training. Like I think everything that encompasses the lifestyle that you live mm. when you're working towards something that is yeah. a results-based, like outcome-driven. Yeah. It's like that's going to dictate not only what you do in the gym, but how you conduct yourself at work, yeah. on the weekends, when you go to bed, like yeah. it's going to change everything. So Yeah. So we do this exact same approach in the standout PT program as well, mm-hmm. where it's, we actually do business goals, training goals, personal goals. Mm-hmm. And those same five values or same 10 values mm-hmm. need to be expressed somewhere in all of them Yeah, because they overlap too. And I, I would almost even just say for a gym goer, consider that. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you're personal goals are to go away for three days 
every fortnight, mm. but you want to also do a powerlifting prep or a bodybuilding prep. Yeah, it's they've like, got to intertwine. Do they work together? Yeah. And I want to achieve X in my career, which means I need to work 60 hours a week. How does that play into the outcomes and what does that mean you're going to need to do? Mm. And just make sure all of those, firstly, are actually in line with your values or you're going to end up, the, the word that I hate, but you're going to end up burnt out mm. because you're uninspired and you're not fulfilled. Yeah. 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 So once you've got values, I feel like we've sort of established that. How do you go about setting goals with clients? Yeah. So before we go into this, you guys can do this for yourselves on our goal setting guide. Um, so it'll take you through the process of like identifying what your values are and making sure that your goals are really clear and specific. So if you're listening to this, you can actually do this side by side and it'll be really helpful but I guess in terms of being able to set goals, the first the first problem that we see is that they're not clear and specific enough or they're not like outcome based. And we've been having a lot of conversations with like not only our clients, but like the coaches within our team as well about how we can go about identifying really clear, specific goals that actually have, you know, like a deadline and an outcome. And everyone talks about, you know, the smart, smart goals, but if we're not setting them and if we're not really intentional and specific, that's where we just find ourselves like spinning our wheels and we don't really know whether we're coming or going or starting or ending or like where the finish line is and where we start to set that next goal to then build upon that. So I think in terms of doing that, it's like we need to have a look at, you know, what our values are and then from there set those goals that you're working towards based on what you've deemed really important to you. Because at the end of the day, like a lot of people are sitting there with, I want to lose five kilos or, you know, I just want to look good in summer or just really broad goals that aren't really attached to a meaning. So I think getting super specific and understanding that like a lot of people don't want to do that because you could get caught out because you failed. Because if you've got a, if you've got something to compare it up to, then you could potentially fail. It's like, well, I don't want to set a weight loss goal because what if I don't reach it? Yeah. So just getting really clear and specific with what those deadlines are for yourself and setting a time frame for them and making sure that you've got processes in place to be able to tick those off as you go along. Yeah, I've even moved away from, I think the SMART goals thing is solid. I've started just terming it as pass or fail. I've used this exact same thing with habits and goals. It's yeah. like you either did it or you didn't do it. Yeah. It's like you don't dance around and, and it's, it falls back into the blame and whatever. It's like, mm. oh, I didn't do it because blah, blah, blah. It's just like, did you do it or did you not do yeah. it? Like, Yeah. And, and that applies for us everywhere. Like yeah. We, this is how we run our business. It's how we run our goals and our training. It's, it's everything. Like we just had our quarterly reviews and it was like, did you pass or did you fail? Mm. And then we set new goals and there's either going to be a green box or a red box at the end of the quarter, regardless of what happens in between that time. Yeah. So I think having the balls for lack of a better term to commit to something you might fail at and getting comfortable with failure Mm. as the opportunity to learn and be better. And look, it could mean that you set a goal that was too far or it could mean you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Mm. And that's why it's so important. Why we talk about growth and ownership first 
It's like you need to be able to look at that with a growth and ownership mindset. Growth to allow you to set big enough goals. Ownership to be able to reflect on truly why you didn't reach them. Mm, Yeah. And I think one of the examples you used there was like, and these are the types of goals that we get across the board. It's like, I want to look good for summer. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah, what I always say in a consult is like, okay, that means something very different to me yeah. than what it does to you. So is that like 10 centimeters of your waist or five centimeters? Or yeah. do you want to do that in the next six months or like, you know, in the next eight weeks? Like, yeah. what does that look like? Even it's just so open to like perception too. Like I, knowing what I'm like when I go into a like physique focused mindset yeah i'm like are we getting fucking shredded or yes but it's like what i see in the mirror every day is fucking different yeah it's like that right now some days i'm like i'm fucking jacked other days i'm like you're a fat belly yeah sort your life out Mm. so it's what does looking good mean because i i know i've done photo shoots in the past Mm. there's a photo shoot we did before your time maybe four years ago it was like i was in the best shape i've ever been in Mm. but didn't have bottom abs and i refused to take my singlet off Really? I look back at it now and I'm like, that is literally the, the best shape I've ever been in. And up until that point, it was like probably, and my mindset's starting to shift now, but like probably the best shape I'll ever be in. But perceptually, well, now that's what I said, it's changing. <laughs> you and I both, fuck, um, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, now I look back at that and go, fuck, I looked unreal. Mm. So what the fuck does look good for summer mean? Yeah. And that's where you get to like, you get to November and you look in the mirror and you're like, mm. well, that's not good enough. And that was your goal. So how do you measure the past fail? Like you said, it's got to be a measurement. It's got to be a process. It's got to be a performance outcome. It's got to be something tangible that you can say, I did that. Mm. I think the really important thing as well on top of that is avoiding that like short-term vision for yourself as well. So it's like, okay, I want to achieve this in the next six months, but we're always thinking at least six months ahead of that as well. If not a year, like I know as soon as we started finishing off like prep for the last comp, I was like, all right. So I know that nationals is happening after that. And after that, I think I really want to diet and get into more, you know, body comp stuff and take some time off. pal. And it's always constantly thinking about what's happening after the, the next goal that you've ticked off, which is something that we reiterate with our clients all the time. And, they'll see it mapped out on the top of their like check-in process where it's like, cool, the next block of time is this. And then after that, we're mm-hmm. going to do this. And after that, we're going to do this. So we're not actually relying on feeling motivated. It's just like we see the bigger picture. Like we see yeah. what we're working towards. And that comes from expressing your values in your training. Yeah. Because if you're not, it's like, I'll just want to lose. I just want to lose five kilos Mm. and then you lose the five kilos and you stop training, you put the five kilos back on. It's like, I just want to lose five kilos. So then you lose it and you put it back on. It's like you're in this constant ebb and flow of going backwards, going forwards versus I want to express X, Y, Z goal or value. That's constant. Mm. It doesn't just stop. It's like I'm doing this because it fulfills me and at the end of the week I feel fucking awesome about myself because I did it. So it doesn't, you don't, stop at the five kilos like yeah maybe i can be if it's growth and learning it's like that curious thing if it's work ethic it's like what's a hard thing that i could do that mm. i can challenge myself with if it's I, I don't know i can't think of any of the other ones off the top of my head or like i mentioned love was in the top of mine it's like well what could i do that 
would involve both training and something maybe I could do with my partner. Mm. Like these sort of like things that work with your values that just naturally occur into the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think like not to get too like soft and shit, but like (laughs) it's never really about the outcome. And we say like the outcome is important to have, but it's not really about the hundred kilo deadlift or it's not really about the five kilo weight loss. Like it's about, who you're being as a reflection of that yeah that'll predicate whether or not you actually achieve that that result because that result is meaningless if it doesn't reflect all of that stuff first yeah which is where everyone goes wrong and where you just end up cycling like on and off on and off start again stop again like mm-hmm. and it's exhausting yeah it's i think um i don't know how to pronounce his last name i'll probably butcher it but is it tom bailu is that how you say his last name tam close enough anyway shout out tom who has like a bazillion followers i don't know his last his last name. Name. but anyway so he posted um if you don't know where you're gonna be in five years oh or yeah, who yeah you're yeah. gonna be in that. five years who you are right now is that yeah so if you don't know exactly what you want to who you want to be what you want to be doing five years from now then you you're gonna stay exactly where you are mm. so if you're think about that and expand it. There's so many layers to that. So it's like, you might be only gaining two kilos a year, mm. which I think is like statistically most people gain, I think the, the American stats are four pounds, so two kilos a year, most of it over the holiday season from drinking and food. Yeah. So if you do that every year for five years, mm. you've put on 10 kilos. So that, it's not just like, I stay in exactly the same spot. Yeah. You continue through the exact same habits and you stay the same person, which gets the same outcomes. Two kilos doesn't sound that bad. Being the same person and putting on 10, most people start to go, well, fuck, I don't want that. Yeah. That reminds me of the question that you guys put in the standout PT thing where it's like, think about everything that you want and now think about what you don't want and what will happen if you don't do that. And for me, like personally, that was a bigger wake up call or like more inspiring or like motivational (laughs) than thinking about what I actually wanted. Cause I was like, I want to not be like that more than I want that. Yeah. If like that makes sense. Like, yeah, that's actually from um, Jordan Peterson's future authoring program. And he it's that program's like fucking 15 hours Mm. and you have to write, I think it's three hours that you need to sit down and write, if I continue to behave the way that I am for the rest of my life, what happens? Yeah, like for me, that's just a fucking, <laughs> that is, that's not on. Like if you're yeah. doing things that you're not happy with right now, again, rather than like future projecting like who you want to be and who you want to turn into, it's like- Because okay, that's we, easy, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because you're just making up this like ideal vi- vision of yourself in your head, which you can do yeah. in your imagination. And we've been setting goals since we were like six. Yeah. And there was no, other than how we felt, there's often no repercussions for not hitting them. Right. And then it's like, well, this is my current reality. And if my current reality doesn't change, then what? And that's like fucking not happening. (laughs) So that's like the biggest wake up call. Like I think if there's anything that you're not happy with or things that you're, you know, are self-destructive, like sit with that, like ask yourself that and that'll be enough to make you want to change that real quick. Yeah. So actionable steps like go to stc fit 
facebook.com forward slash goals. Mm-hmm. That'll give you the, the walkthrough of this stuff to, to setting them. Um, but action stuff for the people that are just listening. I would recommend starting from 12 months working backwards with training. If you're, if you're newer to this, if you're a couple of years into your training plus, I'd actually go three years and reverse engineer from there. Depending on where you're at right now. Mm. So I, that would be a, no, it wouldn't. I was going to say that would be a challenge, but it's not. Just because my goals are changing at the end of nationals, mm. I still know roughly what I want to be doing three years from now. Yeah. From a training standpoint, I know what outcomes I want because I still want that 300 kilo dip. <laughs> Motherfucker. It's not changing. <laughs> so I will be back. Um, but yeah, so if you've been training for a while, three years work back. So do three years, 12 months, six months, three months. If you're newer to this stuff, start at 12, six, and three, and then start progressing your way through making sure that they are value aligned. So when you write your goals, they must be pass fail. So you need to be able to measure them. And then you must be able to write down what value they fulfill for you and how. Mm. If you have all of that, hashtag be bulletproof. Mm. You've got a mindset that you can recognize when you're setting limiting beliefs for yourself and you're deflecting responsibility and taking away, we're getting super hippie now, but taking away your own power so you can change that. Then you've got goals that actually mean something to you so you don't have to worry about motivation ever again. Like you, you're pretty much set. Mm. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would add to that is once you've gone through that process, I think a really cool thing to do. I'm not sure if we go through it on the goal setting worksheet or not. I know we do it in Be Bulletproof, but go through and list like the next 50 things that you'll need to change. Yeah. So like once you've got all of that in place, you need to have a look at like where the gaps are and what you need to start like working towards. So it's like, what do I need to do differently to be able to get from A to B? And that's where you'll actually start to change your daily habits and your week and your past fails will change and that'll all turn into just your daily behaviors which will facilitate an outcome yeah so that's where we start to do the open up the be do have door Mm. it's like who do i need to be so for example i just mentioned the 300 kilo deadlift it's been on my list since i started powerlifting who do i need to be to deadlift 300 kilos Someone who does their rehab at night and not watching it. Someone who, <laughs> so then I look back at my prep, for example, yeah. and I go, I wasn't being that person. Mm. So how do I do it? Well, I need to change these behaviors, these thought patterns and be this person. Mm. So like Nat said, 50. If again, if you're new, start with 10. Yeah. Once you get 10, you'll get 25. Once you get 25, you'll have a run on and you'll get 50. Mm. You might have to do it over three or four sittings. But it's so valuable to, because like, it's fucking 300 kilos. It's not, Mm. and I know like, if you're newer to the gym and whatever, like 300 kilos sounds like a lot. Anthony Cruzner rocked up at the weekend just as a fucking training day and pulled like 380. Yeah. It's like in in the circles I hang out with, 300 is like not a thing. But it's, for me, it was like, well, I started at 160 who do I have to be to achieve that outcome? Mm. And when we talked about like Tom's thing with the, the five years, I wanted to be, and I still do, the person who can do that. Yeah. The discipline that's involved, the 
understanding of training that's involved, the extra time outside of the gym that's involved, the um, overcoming injuries and challenges that's involved, being able to manage personal life, career and training Mm. to turn that dial up when I need to, to be able to achieve that outcome, to being confident to walk on a platform and do it in front of people, not just in the Mm. garage. Like all of those things, and that took me 10 seconds without it written down on a piece of paper in front of me. That means something now. Mm. It's not an arbitrary number that like, uh, 100 kilo body weight, 300 kilo deadlift would be pretty good. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking hollow. You're not- Yeah. The days you don't want to train and that extra set you don't want to do and the rehab you don't want to do is not coming from what mm. looks like a good number on paper. That's exactly what I said before. And I'm like, it's not the deadlift. Like, that's not what it is. Yeah. That's not why you're doing... That's not why you're showing up and you can't be fucked and when you've had a 12 hour day. Yeah. And when you identify that is when you like you move away from we had it's what is it you rely on motivation because your goals are shit. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I guess like if you guys are listening and you want to get a really good picture of how to do this for yourself, go to the goal setting guide. We've got the resource there for you to go through. If this is something that sparks your interest and you want to be in a position where you can set yourself up for this long-term and have the systems in place, then head to the SAC Fit website where you can apply for Beagle approved. So module one and two, yeah. no, no, one, week one and week two um, will be growth and ownership and values and goals. And we'll take you through a really comprehensive process of being able to identify all of this for yourself on a personal level and also have other people call you out on stuff as well, which I think is really important, especially if you're someone who is super independent and you want to be able to do this for yourself. You don't necessarily want to work side by side with a coach. Mm. Having a mentor there to be able to pull you up on your bullshit because we all have it yeah. is really important. And if you value growth and ownership, then you're going to value that process as well. Yeah, 100%. And if if you're, like you said, that independent person who wants to figure this out on the, themselves, definitely be bulletproof. We also, all of our coaches go through this process with every client that comes through the door. Yeah. So if you're wanting someone to be directly accountable to, um, check out the coaching stuff as well. Either of those two options, this is the foundation of everything else that you do. Mm. Like it's, we're going to do more technical episodes as we move forwards. Like we're getting that and I are going to get in and talk about like assessing movement and selecting exercises and all that kind of shit. Like the sexy stuff that you guys want to hear. If you don't have any of this and you don't fucking show up to the gym, it doesn't yeah. matter whether you put a safety bar squat in or a split squat. Like yeah. You fucking weren't there. Yeah. So <laughs> you need to have this shit first and, and you need to be consistent with everything that you're doing. That's, go- that's going to come from this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely like the foundation block that if you don't have it, everything else will fall apart. Um, so if you guys found this episode valuable, um, or you've gone to the resource and you've gone through it yourself, we would love to hear about it as well. So um, screenshot the episode, post it up on your stories, uh, tag at STC Fit, at Nat Jurek STC Fit. What's your handle? At Ben Scott STC. And what's Jason's? At Jason Galea underscore STC. I feel like I should know this by now. I do that one a lot. Yeah. Because I usually do this part on the learning episode. <laughs> Any PTs out there, if you want to go listen to me and Jace talk about Coaching business, etc. Jump on the STC Fit Learning. Listen to that podcast as well if you're not sick of me talking already. Yeah. I had a big coffee before we started. Yeah, I didn't. I made it through. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so like we said, 
next couple of weeks we'll be going through programming fundamentals, um, training, and nutrition. nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've got all the fun stuff. But you're not allowed to do that if you haven't done this first. <laughs> yeah. We've done, we've done the boring stuff like sleep and lifestyle. Yeah. It's like not that sexy, but very important. Mindset. Everyone thought we we're going to be woo-woo and we told you just to... Suck do, it up. <laughs> yeah. Go and have a, a Nat's term ego death yeah. or I would just call it pull your head out of your ass <laughs> and go and get the job done. And now we get to talk about how. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for one of those topics. Um, so we'll see you guys next fortnight. See you guys. Thanks for listening.